Hello. Hi. We're back. So as you can tell, this is probably some sort of disclaimer for something. But this time it's not my fault. I know. This is my first disclaimer, actually. My apologies. So what you are about to listen to is our episode of Heather. And the reason it sounds like I was speaking into a chicken bone the whole time was because I accidentally used the MacBook mic and not the exterior podcast mic both Mitha and I have. That's not to say Mac doesn't make a good mic. Mac, if you ever <laughs> if you ever want to sponsor us, we're completely open. Absolutely, Mac. We're yeah. totally open to if it. If you want to yes, give I'm... us some mics, that's cool too. You're totally down for that. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately for the recording of the podcast, the sound quality isn't great. So my apologies. It sounds really echoey. It just sounds like it's it's just not great. You can hear me, you can hear the conversation. But it doesn't sound nice, so I do want to apologize for you. Uh, for the next few weeks, we should be good. Yes, perfect. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but yes, uh, we won't hold you any longer. Thanks so much. And here is Heather. Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. To be or not to be. That is a question. Isn't it the question? Is it? (laughs) (laughs) We're getting existential. That's what Hamlet does to you. We're so pretentious. So pretentious. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves, Mita, how are you doing? I'm doing a quick pulse check. Good. Excellent. Living Mm -hmm. and uh, breaking news, breathing. Good. What if you were living without the breathing, though? I mean, what a fascinated turn turn of events that would be like a, I had a tube connected to me that like yeah, a, I don't something. know maybe how about we don't wish that upon <laughs> me I'm not wishing it upon you <laughs> I'm just no wondering. that's not happening for another fifty years probably Mita I've been hiding something from you yeah what are your secrets tell me I saw the last duel on Saturday night <gasps> <laughs> wait a minute you have not seen Dune. But you no, have seen so, <laughs> The Last Duel. Because Dune I'm seeing with my wife. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot more work. Like we have to do it during the week when my daughter's at school and my parents can watch my son. So that has been more complicated. But The Last Duel, I was like, I just wanted to go to a movie last week. And I'm like, I hummed and hawed about what to see. And The Last Duel is two and a half hours. So it was hard to fit in, but like I found the time Saturday night, and so I saw the last duel. There you go. Tell me, tell me everything. Well, not everything, but tell me everything. (laughs) Well, first of all, Mita, I love going to the movies. Right? Isn't it? I hadn't been since we'd been to Candyman together, (gasps) and yeah, so it's been a long time. And I every time I go after these like long gaps, I miss it, and I realize how much I miss it, and I Mm -hmm. realize how like therapeutic and like legit legitimately healthy it is for me yeah so I went and I got popcorn and all the trailers were like the Oscar movies and I was just like oh this is so my jam what were the trailers for it 
So there was West Side Story, which okay. looks quite nice on a big screen. There was uh, Serrano, the oh, one with Peter it, Dinklage. Like, interesting. There was... I didn't know they were doing a movie on Serrano. Yeah, they are, with Peter Dinklage. Okay, how about that? And he's supposed to be very good, and it's directed by Joe Wright. Oh. Mm. And it's, yeah, Making so it should... come back. Yeah, Let's I mean, hope. he's never really been gone. He's had some duds, producing-wise. Yeah, producing, maybe. Yeah. And there was a couple <laughs> of others, and I don't actually remember them, but those were the t- two big ones I remember. Okay. And it was just nice, and it was nice to see a movie, and it was nice to see something on big screen. So that was the going experience. The movie itself Mm -hmm. is two and a half hours, Mm -hmm. and it feels like two and a half hours. And you know how I say that like, when you are watching a two and a half hour movie, you're really got to justify that length. Yeah. So I'd say for a good hour, possibly hour and a half, you are honestly like waiting for things to start. Like it, the buildup takes a long time. Yeah. Do you know the concept of the movie? I do know the concept of the movie. Okay. Yes. So, yes. And so essentially it's about the last duel to death that took place in medieval France uh, over this woman who was raped allegedly by her husband's ex-friend. And so the movie is told from the husband's perspective, the rapist's perspective, and the woman's perspective. And that's how it it unfolds. And so by the time we actually and it starts with the husband's perspective and so most of the screen time is devoted to his story because it's the setup of it. So it takes a long time to get right. to the point and to get to the woman's story, which is the most interesting part. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck is also in this, and him and Matt Damon are so miscast. Like, so well, they, they wrote miscast. It. They, I, I don't care if they wrote it. They were miscast <laughs> for this. They should not have been in this. Okay. It was, like, really bad casting. Yeah. Really bad. And I don't care. Like, Matt Damon cannot, he's not the everyman. He can't play every role. And this just proves it. Mm-hmm. Jodie Comer, on the other hand, mm-hmm. was exquisite in this. I'm she was so, so good. She was so, so good. I yeah. hope she gets a nomination. She was really, really good. And she ends up being the best part of the movie. The movie Adam itself, Driver? good, but he plays a rapist, and that's a hard role. I mean, depending on how you watched Girls. <laughs> I never watched Girls. Oh, okay. So, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's he's good in it. And I'm not a huge Adam Driver fan, but I did love him in Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. I would say to watch it, it's very interesting and it ends very interestingly. But, you know, when you're telling these three perspectives, yeah. and I thought when they got to the woman's story, they were going to do something different and unexpected. Yeah. But no, she gets raped. And so you're kind of just like... Well, also like just you telling it, like, I'm sorry, I don't want to watch a movie written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. It's not just Matt. It's not just Matt Damon and Ben um, Affleck. It's also written, and it's, I think, more predominantly written by Nicole Huff's... uh, Oh, oh. Yeah. So it's the three of them who wrote it. And it changes everything. And apparently they asked her, I forget how to pronounce her last name, Hofsener um, Hoff, or something. Yeah. She wrote and directed Enough Said and wrote, I think, Can You Ever just Forgive wrote, Me? Can You Ever Forgive Me? Mm-hmm. She's a very good writer. She's a very good filmmaker. And they brought her in specifically to write the female parts and give female perspective. So I appreciate that. That's a very clever move. And you can see that, like, 
care is given to it. But it's, it's more about the fact that like, when you know exactly where a movie is going, it's kind of like, well, what's the point of watching it? Do you think that Jodie Comer just outperformed these two men? And that's what's like left you with this impression? No, she has a better written role. Okay. It's so not like, just a matter of the performance. Matt Damon? Like, what if it was somebody who? Had I don't range? think I don't think anybody could have made Matt Damon's role memorable. Mm-hmm. Jodie Comer has the advantage of being the woman the movie is about, and so she has much stronger scenes, much more important scenes. She has much more range. Granted, she takes advantage of that and gives a great performance, but that's because it's written very well. Ben Affleck is not terrible. It's actually Matt Damon is really just so miscast. Ben Affleck does well with his role. He kind of plays this womanizing kind of Lothario from medieval times. Okay. So, but yeah, I would recommend watching it. But at home, I don't know how you can sit through a two and a half hour medieval movie. It's a lot. Yeah. I, well, I was debating going to see it. And then I was try- I'm trying to remember now. Did I ask you once you had already seen it? No, you didn't. I haven't. And I didn't mention it yet. (laughs) So my goal is actually to go see Dune on Thursday. My wife and I are actually going to go see it in Mm -hmm. IMAX. And my goal is to see Last Night in Soho tomorrow. But I think... (laughs) What do you think? already saw it. I did. I literally just left the theater like two hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) I just watched Last Night in Soho and it's very fresh So I'm not going to give away too much. Should I be devoting my afternoon to it or not? Do you consider it a devotion to go to the movies? (laughs) Devotion in the terms of of my time, yeah. Like I'm devoting my time to this activity. You know, I'm glad I saw it in a theater. I don't think I would enjoy it as much at home. Okay. I enjoyed it. It's not, it's, it's predictably fun. And I had, I think my expectations of it were something like a lot higher than what was actually delivered upon. But yeah, no, go see it. It's a, there's a different take to it that I feel like they didn't drive home on. Like there could have, they could have done a lot more with it, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to say anything. No, I know. (laughs) The movie is fresh and I'm seeing it tomorrow, but I've heard like mixed things about it. So like I'm planning to go, but I'm not like excited. Yeah, like if you wind up not being able to go, I wouldn't say like you're missing out on something. Oh, right. You need to see Dune. Yeah. You need to see Dune. Like yeah. Nadim. Yeah. <laughs> you need to see Dune. No, we're making great efforts to see Dune. So don't okay. worry about that. Okay, but like, yeah, this I'm kind of like wondering if, like. If it doesn't work out, then I think you're fine. You can catch it later. Oh, um, okay. But it is, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's nothing terrible. No, if well. it was really bad, I'd be like, don't go. Don't but go. I'm just saying, like, use your afternoon as you would like. It's fair. Yes. Fair. But I will say that this Halloween, I wanted to talk about what I did on Halloween Day. Yes. As I do on every Halloween day. Mm-hmm. I always watch the Scream trilogy. Mm-hmm. I will always watch one, two, and three. I tend to skip four because four didn't really become available of mine mm-hmm. until like a couple of years ago. But this year, I watched four, yeah. and I actually really enjoyed it, like much more than I did three. Have you I seen watched four? four last week. You watched four as well. Did you, did you like it? Yeah, I find three terrible, and mm-hmm. I find four kind of redeems it. Yes. 
a little bit. But now, and one of the trailers in Last Night in Soho is the upcoming Scream 5, which I am very excited for. Mm. Comes out in January. I mean, we'll see. A January release for a horror movie is never good. The original Scream came out in December. That's different, though. Why is that different? Release strategy. Typically, movies that are meant to be dumped are released in January. Whatever. I'm just excited. Leave me alone. (laughs) December is actually a really big month, and they put movies that they expect to make money in December. January, on the other hand, is a dump month, and then all of the Oscar movies that are like released the year before, and they trickle out. But movies that are releasing for like a prime release in January... You're also the person that says that. The beauty of horror films is that you can have it come out any time of the year. And so you just, you don't know. And I also don't think the success of this movie should ride on like whether or not financially it's successful. I want to see the story they're telling because rewatching Scream this past weekend like invigorated me. That first movie really like tilts the genre so much. It's so good. The first one is excellent. Yes. And like there are so many things I picked up like small little nuances this viewing that I had in, in past ones. And it's just like, it takes this genre that is so habitual and so patterned yeah. and turns it on its head and makes, you know, what, what are the, what's the, it'll come to me later. But it, like Halloween, the original gratuitous? Halloween. No, but. It's not gratuitous violence though. No, it's not. It's also, there's like no nudity in no. any of the screams, which I love about it. But it takes the horror genre and it really tilts it on its head and shows, and uh, teen audiences seem very slasher. That is the word I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe that's the word you forgot. Yeah. It turns slasher films into something new entirely. And Scream 1 is just so good. So I'm excited to see what they're doing with Scream 5. I have a theory. I'm going to say my theory here because then if it's right, it's like immortalized on the internet. Yeah, there you go. I think either Dewey. Or Gail are gonna get murdered, or one of them is the killer. One of the, they'll get murdered. They won't be the killer. I think they're finally gonna kill one of those three main. They're people. not gonna kill Nev Campbell. So no, it'll they're be, not gonna kill Sydney. It'll be Dewey, Dewey or, or Gail. Gail, and Gail yeah. almost dies in four. So yeah, yeah. I think they'll actually kill one of them off because you gotta you gotta up the ante with the sequels. You really do. Yeah. And but even for when it's like there are new rules, like I just love that they they tell you the rules of the horror movie and then they don't happen in screen. Like she loses her virginity, but she still gets to live. Like mm. it's just oh, I love Scream so much. And I'm sad that spooky season is over. But then we have other things to look forward to, like the season of November. <laughs> November is such a dud month. <laughs> it is a dud month. Yeah. Like, what do we have to look forward to? Remembrance Day? Like, that's... (laughs) No. I don't think we can even make that joke. We can't. You have to pay, be respectful on Remembrance Day. We do have to be respectful. It's true. Yeah. But I hope that the last movie we watched was not a dud. Dud, dud, dud. (laughs) (laughs) So this week, we watched a Nadim movie. We did. We watched one of yours. What did we We, watch, Nadim? We watched... The Bollywood adaption of Hamlet called, it's called, if you pronounce it properly, it's called Heather. Yeah. But it's spelt Hyder. H-A-I-D-E-R. Heather. Heather. 
Like, hey there, hey there. Yeah, it's, but if yeah. you say it, I think it actually sounds like you're saying Heather. Oh. But so anyways, it's Hyder Heather. That's the name of the movie we saw. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to give us a quickly, a quick IMDb discro? Yes. A young man returns to Kashmir after his father's disappearance to confront his uncle, whom he suspects of playing a role in his father's fate. Did I read that right? Yeah. Okay. Also, so I said I th- Kashmir properly. I'm just going to put that out there. Not, not, not Kashmir. <laughs> yeah. It's not Kashmir. It's Kashmir. <laughs> So one thing to note about that description is while the movie is an adaption of Hamlet, mm-hmm. it is actually a bit more than that. The movie takes place in Kashmir, in Srinagar, in 1995, when the country was country, city, I don't know how you want to describe it. First, can you tell us, because there's something I want to say about that. And it's first, though, can you tell us why you chose this? First, before we explain, like, the... Yeah, before we explain it, because that's, like, my first point. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So why did I pick Heather? Yes. So when Heather came out in... What year is it? I always forget the year. 2014. 2014. I am a big fan of Vishal Bhardwaj, who directed this. He has a trilogy of Shakespearean adaptions set in India. His first one is called Makbul, and it's an adaption of Macbeth. His second one is called Omkara, and it's an adaption of Othello. And this is the third one, Heather, which is an adaption of Hamlet. And this is one of my favorite trilogies of films. These adaptions are amazing films. They are clever. They're unique. They take Shakespeare at its core and dip it in so deep into Indian culture and make use of things that are innately Indian, but also innately Shakespearean. So, for example, in Mahbul, which is based on Macbeth, the whole thing takes place amongst a gang. And Macbeth is trying to become the, the head of this gang. Macbeth famously has three witches who are essentially trying to play Macbeth against himself. In Mahbul, the witches are actually police officers who are trying to incite gang violence so that the gangs will finish themselves off. It's so clever, and it's so creative, and so well done. Omkara has some of the best dialogue I've ever heard in a film. They're just clever films. So I was looking forward to this movie so much, and it literally delivered on all my expectations. It was so good. That first watch was so arresting that a week later, my wife and I happened to be off on like a Monday, and we had gone to see the leaves here in Gatineau Park, and then we were leaving, and my wife was just like, should we go see Heather again? And we just did. Because it was so good, and it was so arresting. It is such a memorable piece of film. And it is one of the movies I insist people who haven't seen Hindi movies see to understand the capability of Hindi cinema, but to understand what modern Bollywood actually is. Okay. So it is a movie to see before the end of the world. Before the end of the world? Yeah. Okay. Can I go into my first point? Oh, just go dive right in. Okay. We have talked about it a couple times now this season. Yes. Of how what you don't like when you're watching a movie, if you, you have to, to educate yourself <laughs> on what the movie yes. is showing you. And I, and the other thing that we've talked about on the podcast before is how, you know, Western audiences should be watching Bollywood cinema. They should mm-hmm. be introducing this into their 
rapport. But what <laughs> I come from a South Asian background, and so I have a general understanding of what the the issue is with Kashmir, that it is on the border of Pakistan and India, and there's a lot of hubbub. The general population does not know this. It is not it's not common knowledge. It's not on the news. It's not it's not like if you said Israel and Palestine, you know, like people don't know about this. And so as I was watching this, I was like, but like, why wouldn't they want people to watch this if they have to go look it up? And so I'm really curious, like, what is your thinking behind that? So first and foremost, Heather is a Indian movie targeted at an Indian audience. Mm -hmm. So it does take in take advantage of the fact that Indians know about the Kashmiri conflict. Yes, movies should be seen by everyone across the world, but the target audience should know. And I think that's that's one of those things where if you watch... I remember watching this movie by Ang Lee. It's a Chinese film called Lust Caution. Mm -hmm. And it is about... I don't even remember, actually. It's a really long movie about this woman who becomes like a sexual spy for the Chinese government or something. And there's a lot of Chinese politics in it. I didn't obviously know enough about Chinese politics to know, but the movie itself is still quite interesting to watch because it's meant to target a Chinese audience. And the other people who watch it, it's kind of like... You kind of have to, like, if you're going to watch this, come on in. You're more than welcome, but do your research ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I think foreign movies get a little bit more leeway, in my opinion. Okay. I th I, and that's my opinion. Because foreign movies are meant to target a foreign audience. That's fair. That being said, mm -hmm. I did really enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> and I think my my biggest takeaway from it, though, is more of what he does in terms of like laying it out as a Shakespearean play mm -hmm. and taking those references from the original Hamlet and putting it into like a film that represents India and what's going on in that population and in that part of the world. And it's just, it's so creative. Like it's I so haven't good. watched anything like this out of the box in a really long time. And the thing that I kept thinking is like, it's out of the box, but it's not because it's a classic, it's a timeless play. Like we've been reading about reading Hamlet for hundreds, thousands, hundreds, hundreds, thousands, possibly thousands. I don't know time. <laughs> no, not thousands, because he wasn't around. But in like, when did he start? Nineteen hundreds or eighteen hundreds? We are in the nineteen hundreds. Well, we weren't. But Shakespeare, yeah. when was he around? Died sixteen sixteen, so still hundreds. Okay, hundreds. <laughs> yeah. Hundreds of years ago, we've yeah. been still reading this, and when you can take something like that and still make it so new and interesting, he he deserves all the awards. Give him all the <laughs> awards and all the money, just like throw it his way. Because I did walk away thinking like that is one of the most creative things that I've seen in a really long time. I'm so glad you like this. I was okay. really worried you were not going. I was really worried that you were not going to and that we were going to have to like throw down here. Because <laughs> we're going to fight. Now we're that, have like a real well, call out. There yeah. were some takeaways I had from it. The movie is not perfect. Mm -hmm. Like it has its ups and downs. But in my opinion, and the reason I love it so much is that the ups are so high. The, the things that this movie does right and manages to to convey it's a they're marvelous and so that the few dips it does have you're kind of you you let them go because dabu 
oh as Gertrude is a performance oh. for a lifetime. It is, it is such a nuanced and interesting character study that she creates. It is amazing. She th- that character of Gertrude is not as interesting in Hamlet. No, as int- as interesting as Thabu makes her in and Heather. Yes, I walked away from this movie thinking like I'm on her side. <laughs> like there's a there's a line in which Heather says to her like Why do we always have to agree with your point? Like what does it matter? Why do we always have to look at what, the way you look at things? And I'm like she is right though. Your father has a serious <laughs> god complex and put himself and her in harm's way. Oh. So yeah, she is right to like be troubling about this and to oh, anyways. But just like it, it is the classic story, but it's tilt. It's just like Scream. It tilts. <laughs> it tilts it up. I didn't think that's the comparison we Heather, were making. Just but it's like just, Scream. Just like Scream. You heard it here first. I think for our listeners who don't know, it t- what it does is it takes Hamlet and it takes the the basic idea of Hamlet about a man searching a man who's been confronted with his father's ghost Mm -hmm. and being told that he was killed by his brother and asking for revenge, which is the gist of Hamlet and Hamlet humming and hawing about whether he should or shouldn't kill his uncle essentially. And whether his mother is having an affair with his uncle. Mm -hmm. Vishal Pardwaj takes Hamlet and puts it into Kashmir and the Kashmiri conflict in 1995 Mm -hmm. and gives context and backstory to all these details so heather's father for instance doesn't just die for the throne heather's father is a sympathizer of militants and then when the government finds out that he's a sympathizer of these militants he quote-unquote disappears which is a thing that actually happened in kashmir people who were meant to be arrested and sent to jail they vanished off the yeah. face of the earth and people couldn't find them. So Heather is essentially looking for her, his father, and the ghost that it comes back to mm. say, your, you know, your father has been killed is actually someone from the same camp that the father was at. And this man essentially ends up using this detail to sway Heather to become a militant himself. It's this like back and forth story about the people of Kashmir, but also Heather and his like personal story at the same time. It's just, it's so well crafted. I feel like the Shakespeare adaptation is well crafted, but when it came to like actually informing an audience about what was going on in Kashmir and sort of that, the politics behind it and and the political movement itself, I think it doesn't, it loses its edge along the way because in the story of Heather or of Hamlet, you see he's slowly losing his mind and he's losing, literally losing his marbles. And you kind of get lost in that. You get lost with him as he's losing his mind and then you lose track of like what's actually happening politically and understanding it because For me, as someone who is, like, somewhat aware of, like, Mm -hmm. what's going on in Kashmir, I can't tell you about the politics there. Like, I don't – I still don't understand it after watching this movie. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that was necessarily, like, what he was trying to do. He at least is trying to put some light onto it, but I did walk away from it just really in love with this whole Shakespeare adaptation, but walking away being like, but what did I learn about Kashmir? Like, I didn't actually understand anything that was going on there. And I think he, there could have been some stronger efforts on that part. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. 
I do not feel that way. You don't feel that but, way? You walked away understanding it? <laughs> not fully understanding the conflict, but understanding the sides, like the people. Kashmir, if you don't know, is... Kashmir, is, it's a conflict state, and India and Pakistan, since partition in 1947, have fought wars over who owns Kashmir, mm-hmm. or who Kashmir belongs to, whereas Kashmir wants to be an independent country. So you have India fighting for Kashmir, Pakistan fighting for Kashmir, and Kashmir fighting for independence. Kashmir and that, is like Quebec. It, <laughs> In a very generalized... <laughs> a super generalized way. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. And so the movie never talks about... You never hear the Pakistani perspective. You hear about the Indian army essentially referencing Pakistan like they're the villain. Mm-hmm. But what Vashal does here is he he doesn't pick a side, which I really like. He's not saying, because I'm Indian and this is an Indian movie, the Indian army and Indian government have just done good things. He's actually showing the Indian government and the Indian army have done a lot of shitty things to the Kashmiri people. It's a very honest representation of what they've done and an honest maybe explanation for why militants and terrorists grow, like how they kind of foster and how that comes about based on how like government on based on government intervention and how people are treated i think one criticism i read about this movie that i'm not actually sure how i feel about is that when you watch heather it's so well crafted and so well constructed that the hamlet kind of storyline and heather's personal conflict about his father and his uncle kind of get dubbed down under the the real drama of what's happening with Kashmir. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost too real. You're adding a little drama to something that is so real. Very and prevalent. So ha- very prevalent and very real. You're adding a Shakespearean drama, which is full fiction. Yeah. And Vishal makes it work for, you know, just to clarify, but I can see how that argument might take place. So I, it's actually the exact opposite of almost what you're saying uh-huh. that, the Shakespearean stuff almost feels out of place in this political movie. I think maybe I'm just, I like personally, like I don't like watching the news. Like this is what my yeah. issue with Insondees was, is that I don't like, the, I try to take myself away from those things because like in an emotional standpoint, sometimes I just can't handle things like that. And so I think maybe like my takeaways from this was like, oh, like this is Shakespeare. Like this is really interesting. This is something that I would want to watch. And so when it came to the the political side of this movie, maybe I kind of had a filter on that. And I just wasn't interested, which is a terrible thing to say because this is something that people should know about in the world. Mm-hmm. But I maybe necessarily wasn't as interested in, in watching that. But I, I think it was really smart of him to use something that is happening in the world. And you're right, it is for Indian audiences. So this is something that they're going to understand at the end of the day. And to but use I, that. I actually personally don't think it alienates other audiences. I can see how it could be a little complex to, to not grasp. have any, yeah, to grasp or not have any knowledge of what's going on and kind of be thrown into this movie. Mm-hmm. But I think the movie itself has enough, enough to hold your attention if the politics is confusing. Fair. I think there's enough, even just from an aesthetic level, the cinematography in this is spectacular. The And the background score, there's so much to like hold you and hold your attention that if the politics is kind of wavery, 
the movie somehow still manages to pull you away from that and be like, yeah, that's the politics and it's complicated, but let's... There are other things to pick up on. There's other things to pick up on. And the relationship between Heather and Ghazala is so fascinating and so well-written here where their weird incestuous kind of relationship that is subtly sexual but not, and the giant question that looms over the film of... Did she do it or did she not? Did she sell her husband out? Yeah. yeah. And you no, don't know. Do you think, think she, she did it? Did. I don't, don't think, think she, she did? did. No, I think that we played that well. So I think she, I don't, I think she honestly did not know that Kuram was gonna, like if she told him that he would go to the police. I don't think she believed her brother-in-law would sell his own brother out. I don't know. I've oscillated. I've seen this many times and I can never really form an opinion because I think she wants to believe she wasn't responsible. But when she, all those pieces kind of come together and she realizes herself, like, look at what has happened. She kills herself. (laughs) She does. But I think that's, I think in her mind, Heather is always the most important person for her. But more important, less, sorry, Heather is always the most important, but after Heather, I think it's her. It's not her husband. Because he's not, the, like, he's an asshole. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still really mad at him. What he does is arguably very selfish. Yeah. And he brings in a, a terrorist into his home. He's a doctor and he brings this. So the movie essentially starts off with this man, Heather's father, is a doctor and he's been contacted by the militants, the terrorists, because their lead is having appendicitis. Yes, yeah. And they need to perform an appendectomy. And so the father essentially brings this terrorist into their home and performs a secret surgery in their attic. Meanwhile, his wife, Ghazala, played by Tabu, is questioning, why are you doing this? Do you not yeah. realize the danger you're putting us under, but our son under as well? And the husband is very much like, you know, we we have to do what we can. You know, I'm on the side of life. I'm on the side of medicine. I'm not picking a side. But you are. You are picking a side. You're picking yourself. And you're not thinking about the other people in your home. But isn't that an interesting question? Like, he's, he's a doctor who's taken a Hippocratic oath, whose responsibility is to provide medical care regardless of any other circumstance well okay the other factor of this is i don't like doctors so that could be a thing. <laughs> that I might be playing a little bit of a role in your opinion in yeah. i just feel like a lot not all but a lot of doctors are very book smart and yeah. are not street smart and mm-hmm. they're not going to use and in a lot of ways yes you need to have that sort of scientific mind you maybe you shouldn't you should know like okay this is the right thing to do to save somebody's life and maybe your morality might not be in check there but i think emotional intelligence goes a long way in life and i think you need to realize like you need to stop and look like what am i doing right now i'm bringing a terrorist into my home i'm risking the life of myself and my wife and my son and it blows it blows up in his face and in the end. Lit- and I think he literally blows it up in it his literally face. Literally blows up in his face. They burn his house to the ground because of this. Yeah. And none of this would have happened if he had just thought about those two people. If he thought about somebody other than himself. 
But isn't there some nobility in what he's trying to do and put conflict aside and just try to help a human? Nobility for himself, but not for the people he's meant to love the most in this world. Is it for himself, though? It is for this other person who is sick, yes. But (laughs) I just, I feel if I was in that position, I'd be like, no, I'm not bringing this militant into my home. Yeah. And I won't perform this dangerous surgery and risk the lives of my loved ones. But doesn't that beg the question? If she clearly feels that way, she knows. And I, what I realized, and I never actually realized this until this viewing, she was not in love with this man. She actually belittles him after he's disappeared. She doesn't, she says he was very selfish. He didn't give me the time of day. He didn't like, she really badmouths him essentially, mm-hmm. which really makes you think, I can see her completely outing him then. This being the straw that broke the camel's back and her being like, what the hell, man? Like, I'm here too. You're going to bring a terrorist home? Well, F you. Let me call up your brother and have you killed. Do you think she knew that calling her brother would set that off? Is that what you're saying? Like, Well, he called her, right? And yeah. she then says... That's she... why I don't think she realized that that's what that was going to do. Because if that was the case, like if she was intentionally going to do that, why didn't she just go to the police herself? Well, the question also is, was she having an affair with him? Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> What do you think? In Hamlet, yes. <laughs> in Hamlet, they are. In Hamlet, yes. In this, I, mean, I don't know. There's it's like it's, it's tricky. Yeah, it's tricky, mm-hmm. and it's there's kind of evidence going in both ways that make you think maybe, maybe not. You can't tell. Mm-hmm. But there's one sequence. There's a lot of the sequences with Dabu are why I love this movie so much. But right before the spirit, his name is Rudhar, played by the late great Irfan Khan, shows up. Heather's uncle, Huram, has won a local election, and there's some newscaster talking about, might this be the change that this that Srinagar needs? And there's a shot of Dabu, and she's in a green suit with a black hijab, and she's got these giant black sunglasses, and there's this subtlest of smiles on her face. Of like, I'm the queen now. It's yeah. a little Lady Macbeth. It's a little Lady Macbeth. There's yeah. the subtlest of smiles. She looks to her brother-in-law, it just slightly creeps across her face and then she just goes back and the mo- and that scene fades out and you're like what is she- what is her game who are you who are you it's so it's so genius it's honestly so good and she plays it up until the end maintaining that sense of mystery and maintaining that complexity and maintaining that interest She's just holding your interest. You know how in American Psycho, Willem Dafoe like played the part three ways? Yeah. Yes. It reminds me of that because then I wonder if she like did that a little bit in her mind too of like, did she know? She played it as, did I know? I did know or like I didn't know. (laughs) Maybe. And like I wouldn't put that past Vishal Pardwaj who is a very skilled director to do something like that Mm -hmm. or... Have it be that he told he tells her what his intention is, but no one else actually knows. Yeah. So like he says, you knew or you didn't know, and you play the whole thing like this, but no one else is actually going to know whether you did or not. Let's call her up and ask. And ask. She knows. Dabu. I love Dabu. I think this will be her crowning like Gloria as an actress. Like it's such a good performance. And I love that she plays Shahid Kapoor's mother in this. 
because the whole idea is that they they are meant to have like physical chemistry. There's meant to be this kind of weird under like incestuous undertone about this relationship. I didn't pick up on that. Well, Hamlet and Gertrude <laughs> do have that. Yes. Like that that yeah. is a that is that is also like a known fact. And like Tabu is only like ten years older than Shahid Kapoor. She's not. Oh. So there is meant to be a level of like sexual chemistry between them as well. And yeah. There's like weird little things. My again, another sequence I love is right before their nikah, their wedding, but when Ghazala marries Khuram, and he, he- Heather is losing his mind, and he, she's telling the story about how like when we when you were young, you'd come into the bed and you didn't like when your father would touch me and you'd push him away, and then he says, "Well, now my but now my uncle is touching you, so what should I do?" And she kind of just like looks at him with like. She speaks so much with her eyes and her like facial expression. And then he has that scene where he puts perfume on her neck, kisses it and says, you're poisonously beautiful. It's so, it's so yeah. good, Mita. It's so <laughs> good. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's, it's just so yeah. good, Mita. It, this is a movie that just, I, I watch it and every time I see it, I'm just, in, I'm just energized by it. It's so good. There is something else I want to point out, though. Do. The songs in this movie. I think they're very good songs. Are they necessary, though? I feel like they added about half an hour of movie that we don't maybe really need. So the only song I think is like wholly unnecessary is the love song between Heather and Arshia. But wait, they, they actually make out. They actually get they have sex, yeah. Yeah, like that doesn't happen in Bollywood. <laughs> no, it does. Well, I mean, now it does. Now it's a now lot it more does. common. Yeah, I think that I think one of the issues is is that the song that happens after their wedding, that the Bismil song, where he's essentially accusing his uncle of like having killed his father in mm-hmm. song form, that's a Shakespearean thing. There's a play within the play mm-hmm. where he's trying to call out his uncle. That's the Hamlet thing. Hamlet the Hamlet puts thing. on this play to prove yes. that his uncle killed his father. Yeah, like the guilty yeah. conscience whole aspect of it. I think to have a, an, a Hindi language Bollywood film and not do a song there would have been dumb. Would have and been as a result, you kind of needed to have songs other places to make it work. Because there mm-hmm. aren't very many songs there's a couple of songs in the background. There is that romantic song that is, I think, the one kind of unnecessary the, piece. Yeah. I fast forward rest... through it. <laughs> I love it. It's a beautiful song, but I can see how it kind of isn't necessary to the like the narrative flow. Yeah. We've talked about what we love so much. I don't really dislike much, but I do want to hear what you do not like. Well, I didn't like those songs. <laughs> that okay. was the thing. <laughs> and I feel like I've talked what I disliked. Like, I didn't love... I think it's really important to show the politics and, mm-hmm. and that really helped drive this and like translate something that is from Shakespeare's time into something that is in modern day or at least like in 1995 India. Yeah. But I just didn't feel like I walked away knowing about Kashmir and understanding mm-hmm. it a lot more. I feel like he does a great job at laying out Hamlet essentially mm-hmm. and modernizing it and making it relevant. But when it, I feel like that overshadowed the actual political side of this movie and like the important message behind it. Because by the end of it, Hamlet's just like killing people all over the place. Yeah. He's out of his mind. He, you know, he he's not centered. Yeah. And 
I totally forgot about what was happening with Kashmir. I was like, wait, well, what mm. about like the politics? Well, can we go back to that for a second? Because the second like... half is Hamlet. It's yeah. like Hamlet the play. And the first half is like the build up to the play. Yeah. Which is the politics. There are two people in this movie I want to talk about, though. Yeah. Salman and, and Salman. Salman. <laughs> yeah. I'm forgetting their character names in Hamlet, but I just like... Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yes. I am so... I was so... I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, what a great way to take... Because the, the issues in Kashmir is very serious. Yeah. Hamlet itself is a very serious play. Very serious play. And this brought so much levity to this Mm -hmm. like really dark and stormy movie. And I am so glad that I've experienced Salman and Salman. (laughs) Because what a joy. But some of the movies that they talk about were after 1995. (laughs) Like which ones? I don't remember. But I remember thinking like that Salman movie is not from (laughs) 1995. Like that's like a 2000 movie. And I looked it up and it was, but now I can't, I didn't write it down. I should have written it down. Yeah. So there, I happens. just found that there. That's fair. But, a little, little mishap. But, to, but also just like it was set in 1995. So of course there would be two guys that are obsessed with yeah. Salman Khan and want to dance like him and, and be a hero like he is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a nice, because Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are kind of, they're meant to be the comic relief in in Hamlet as well. So the, he, again, he plays it so well. There's just mm-hmm. there's just so much good in this. Really Do you have any sequel prequel ideas? Everybody dies. Everybody <laughs> dies. Everybody, Everybody dies. dies except for Hamlet um, yeah. or Heather. Yeah. So like, it's kind of hard. I guess prequel. I would like to see like. When Gazala and her husband, like, Dr. Mm. I don't know his first name, but I know their last name, Mir. Hilal? Okay. I want to see what it was like when they met. And I wonder if he's done Macbeth, though. He's done Macbeth, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he couldn't do that. But I would have liked to seen what it was like when they met and when they got married and what that relationship with Kurum was like then, too. Mm. That's fair. Mm. Yes. Will you watch Makbul and Omkara? I really want to watch Makbul and... Is it Omkara? Yeah. Yeah. Who's an Omkara? Omkara is a killer cast. It's Ajay Devgan, Karina Kapoor, Saif Ali Khan, Bipasha Basu, Konkona San Sharma, and Vivek Obroy. And they, Not but excited it's per- about Bipasha Basu, but... <laughs> she play, But she has, like, the, the least role. It is predominantly Ajay Devgan, Saif Ali Khan, Karina Kapoor, and I'd say Konkona San. Yeah. Okay. It's marvelously cast and it's it's just it's yeah how about that do you want to go into your rating i do i think you know i like this movie (laughs) Mm -hmm. i make no 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 mistake about it i'm I'm not going to like be coy about it this is a marvelous piece of filmmaking it is really just so good it's so well crafted and it's so crafted with care and he does so much in this that is just creative and it's interesting and i remember like even just the first the actual first shot of this movie of the doctor walking through an alleyway with the militants you start with motion it's not like a still shot it's not like giving you time it's like sucking you right into the activity within seconds and you can get the tone of this movie the cinematography is fantastic it is so beautiful the background score is one of the best i've ever heard it is so haunting and it's so mysterious at the same time and it's 
it sets the tone. It really is just, it encapsulates everything that's going on. And I, I listen to it regularly because it's just so good. This movie is just, it is like Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> the Shalabardwaj is in complete control of his craft. And this is the prime example of it. He, it takes gall and it takes audacity to take Hamlet and put it into your own story and still make it work. And he does that. He really, he commits to it. He makes it work. He gives everyone meat in the roles. All of them. Even Shadda Kapoor, who's like the least known actress of this large star, star cast. He plays her so well. And her Archie is so sympathetic and so sad. Because she's kind of just like, like jostled around. And then when she kills herself, you... You feel bad for her. She's the one sympathetic character. One good person, yeah. One good person. And, like, he he just manages Vishal to do everything right with this. Honestly, there's not a false note. It's a long movie. It's two and a half hours. But the way it's laid out, the way it's structured, there's so much going on. There's so much meat. There's some incredible dialogue. And I wish the translations worked because in Hindi, they're just, they're, like, they're just beautiful. They're beautiful lines. They're like sit back and be like, oh, someone wrote that, and it's so good. It's just, it's, it's a marvel of a film. And the only reason I don't give it a perfect score is because there are a few places I don't. I think it could be tightened. I think the love song in between, in the middle, regardless of the fact that I love the song, I think it does slow down the narrative. I think the politics is a little hard to follow in the beginning. But this movie is so much better than all of those little little dips. And that's why I give it four and a half stars. Four and a half for Nadine. And 0.5. There we go. How about that? My turn? Yes. Yes. Okay. I spent a lot of my teenage years fascinated by like teen Shakespeare adaptations. Like, 10 Things I Hate About You, oh, yeah. She's, She's the, the man. man, Get Over It, I think was like Twelfth Night. Yeah. There's a lot. You know, there, it's Roman so, and Juliet. Yeah. Clueless came to mind, but that's not Shakespeare. That's Jane Austen. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, wait, what was the last one you just said? Oh, you said Romeo and Juliet. Rome, yeah. The, but that's actually like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. But I love, I love, like, I think about 10 Things I Hate About You the most, mm-hmm. in which it takes... Taming of the Shrewd, yeah. and it puts it into this real life high school situation, and it and it is done brilliantly. And rest in peace, Heath Ledger. Yeah, and I I, I love those movies. I love the idea of taking something so old world mm-hmm. and bringing it into the present day. And while though I do love those movies, they are aimed for teenagers. And this is the first time that I've really seen something that isn't aimed for teenagers mm-hmm. in an adaptation of Shakespeare and is meant for adults. And it's done so well. You can clearly see what the inspiration is from the original work, but then you're able to sort of, it's guiding you into this new light, into this new thing to learn something new as well. I didn't 100% walk away understanding Kashmir. I still don't. I did have to give it a goog after. But I do have like a whole new appreciation for Bollywood because I didn't know it was capable of this. Like I haven't seen 
a Hindi film like this before. And I think that's what you've been trying to show me for like, <laughs> I don't know how many years now, but <laughs> that's what you've been trying to explain. And I did walk away with this feeling of like, okay, like Bollywood is capable. There are, are much more, there are better stories to be told than the classic boy loves girl, boy is poor, girl is rich. Mm-hmm. And I loved this about this film. Same thing, same sort of holes that you have in terms of like the music. The score is is wonderful and it's beautiful, but some of the songs I feel like are misplaced or just like not necessary. And I think that's sort of what is the deterrence from a Western audience is most of the time is that it's like, oh, like why is there this random love mm-hmm. song in here? And so I think that could have maybe just been edited out. Um, and then also them walking away, maybe not understanding the politics of Kashmir because that baseline explanation of like what Kashmir is essentially, I don't think people know that. But I did walk away just so pleasantly surprised by what I saw and just sort of taken away and like wanting to learn more about Hamlet. I'm not going to read Hamlet because I'm out of high school and I don't have to do that anymore. But I do, I want to know it. I want to see other adaptations of it. And I did walk away thinking like, okay, I need to watch Makbul and Omkara now because it's just, it's like, I have the biggest smile on my face. I wish you could see my (laughs) face right now because it just like takes you away into a whole new world. And so for that, I'm going to give it four stars. Very nice. Four. And now I also want to watch 10 Things I Hate About You. (laughs) I think when you watch this, it's one of those examples of just being impressed with someone else's creativity. Yeah. I wish I was that smart. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to watch this and be like, yo, this man is smart. And he's not, this isn't a condescending film. This is, is someone who's trying to tell a story and tell a story that you know, just in a different way. And this is, this is the example of such a, it's an adaption. It's taking an idea and really turning it into its own film. Heather is not Hamlet. And it's not pretentious either. That was yeah. my word. When you told me that like this director has taken three Shakespeare plays mm-hmm. and put them into like India, I was like, oh, that's kind of pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> Who's doing that? And it's also hard for me to wrap my mind about, around that doing it like as adults, because I also feel like a lot of these characters when Shakespeare wrote them like they're young people yeah and so it can like kind of muddle the line of like yeah how old like you're how old yeah but, no it, it works with Hamlet it works watch Omkara watch um watch Mahbul and Omkara they're both exquisite yeah. Mahbul is a lot lower in budget and scale because Vishal it was it was, it was his second after Makri Oh, I love Makri. <laughs> oh my gosh. Watch Makri, guys. If you want to watch, like at Halloween time and you have a kid, watch that movie. It is so fun. Yeah. He, and he's, he's such a good director. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it was his second movie. So he didn't really have like the clout or the budget to make it. So it is a little lower, lower scale. Omgara mm. then is ramped right up with this killer star cast and money and all of that. I get that like, it can be distracting when a movie is so small scale, but watch both Mahbul and Omgara, and you'll Who see. Who does Karina Kapoor play in Omgara? Desdemona. Oh, yeah, just like Julia Stiles. <laughs> but what Omgara does really well in what is a big issue in India is skin color, and so Ajay Devgan plays this darker-skinned, quote-unquote, more. And Karina Kapoor plays the fair maiden, oh. which is an actual, these are actual issues that happen in villages in India. So again, it's taking things that are real 
and true to the location and just sprinkling Shakespeare on top of them. Everything about Omkara also feels like authentic and it doesn't feel like this man is trying to make a Shakespearean movie. No, he's trying to use Shakespeare to tell a different story. I love it. Yeah. So Good please. Good job, Michelle. <laughs> please do watch those other two. Yeah. Okay. They're not easy to find. I think I'm going to have to rent them. I have um, I have both of them if you want. To I'm going to come borrow them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that was Heather this week. That was Heather. Yeah. Mitha, I think yeah. it's time to move on to... Different characters. Same, Same world. Yep. So the movie I've picked for the next week does fall in line with the movie I had picked last week. Yes. So you can keep that in mind when you're guessing. Yes. But I do have three actors from the movie for you. Okay. I think you're going to get this one. I'll get my stopwatch out. Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay, so your characters are Jay Gatsby, mm-hmm. Bernie Falker, Earl Partridge. Okay. And your timer starts now. Is Jay Gatsby Leo? No. Okay. Am I watching All the President's Men? Yes. Okay. <laughs> In eight seconds, I good job. <laughs> you didn't get any of the characters. <laughs> well, Robert Redford is Jay Gatsby. Yes. And I actually don't know who the other two are. Bernie Falker is Dustin Hoffman and Meet the Falkers. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. And then Earl Partridge is um, Jason Robards in Magnolia, which oh, we did yeah. last season. We did do last season. Mm-hmm. Yes. All the President's Men. I've always um, wanted to see All the President's Men. I'm so excited for you to watch All the President's Men. Excellent. Yes. Very excited. And I feel like... You're probably thinking, like, why did she pick Dick and all the presidents? Maybe I'll talk about that next week. Yeah, because that is a question I do have. There you go. For November specifically. I was like, no, we need to watch this in November. I'll tell you about it next week. Okay. Okay. Next week, and it's so weird because it's actually November 2nd right now. Yeah. This is the third movie coming out for November. And when we record All the President's Men, which is our last movie for November, it'll only be, like, the second week of November. But we're going to launch into Christmas right away. Whoa, baby. Whoa. Whoa. Watch Blossom, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But that is all forthcoming. Yes. Nita, do you have parting words? Did we pick parting words? We didn't pick. I kind of know what I want to do, but I don't know if you want to do it, but I'm just going to do it. (laughs) Do it. It's okay. Okay. (laughs) Chutzpah. There's a point where he whispers it. Yeah. It's like, chutzpah. And then he kills somebody right after. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll go with chitzpa. Yeah. What's it's a big part of it. But they pronounce the ch in it, but they're not, that's not right. They should no, know that. <laughs> but should they? It's always an interesting point because I remember hearing uh, people talk about how it's not pronounced chitzpa, it's chutzpah. chutzpah. But how would people living in Kashmir in 1995 know that it's pronounced chitzpa? <laughs> But I don't think there are that many um, Jewish people exactly. <laughs> in Kashmir in 1995. Is Kashmir landlocked? There's water. There's okay. like rivers. Yeah. But it's not. It's not connected to an ocean. Okay. Yeah. Also, just FYI, the best song in the movie is actually not even in the movie, but it's going to be playing over the end right now. 
just so you don't hear it. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll have to wait till this airs. Exactly. Thanks so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and rate and review. And we will see you next week for All the President and His Men. No, it's just All the President's Men. <laughs> have a lovely week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.